And I want to welcome you to Ignite Church. Normally we meet uh, over here, the old Safari Movie Theater building is where we uh, currently meet. We were able to purchase that uh, a few years ago. And uh, if you want to know more about who we are, and we'd love to get to know you if you're a guest with us today, please stop by this tent afterwards. We'd love to to hear your story and get to know you. Um, And for those who just want to introduce ourselves, um, we're a group of people that gather every week to study God's Word. We fellowship and we encourage one another and we challenge each other to become more like Jesus and to go out and spread the message of Jesus to the world. And this summer, we are studying one of the most fascinating lives in the history of the world. His name was Paul. He became an apostle, the Apostle Paul. Some of you may know him as Saint Paul. We've been studying his uh, life here over the summer, and it's the study of what God can do with someone who has been sold out for the Lord, someone who says, I'm all in. And so we've, we've looked at all the things that he's done and how God used him to help establish the church. He wrote some of the Bible under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and we see him going out, starting churches, and spreading the message of Jesus Christ. Paul didn't start out that way, though. He was a hater of Jesus. He hated God's church, and he had an encounter with the living God, and that changed everything for him. And that's what the story is for all of us. We, we were wandering far from God, and then we had an encounter with him, and we wanted to follow him, and we were forgiven by him. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. And Paul, God would use to become a preacher. So we were talking about today that Paul was a preacher, Now, some of you may go, well, what did he preach? Well, he preached the gospel, which means good news. That's the word that means good news is the gospel. He was a preacher of good news. And sometimes people go like, what is a preacher? Like, what what do preachers do? Like, what, what is it about preaching? Because there's some aspects of teaching, there's some encouragement, there's, some of these, there's lots of different components to preaching. But in general, like, what is preaching? And what it is, is heralding. That's what preaching is. It is just heralding a message. That's what preachers do. They take a message that was given to them and they herald it to the people around. If you think about uh, back in the day in medieval times, they'd roll out a scroll, right? And they'd go, hear ye, hear ye. That was the herald. That was their job to deliver the message that came from the king. And that's what preachers do is we, we herald the message that was given to us by the king. And so Paul would go and spend his life, and he would herald this message. He would go around and preach in over 22 cities. Um, Most of the time, he'd be walking by foot. Um, He would also cover about 10,000 miles in his lifetime, which is insane. Like, we, we, we... we don't have a concept of like, you know, we get our, our oil changed every 3,000 miles. We're like, and it's nothing, right? But, but for someone to walk and sometimes spend time on a ship, 10,000 miles in his lifetime, when most people weren't even walking 100 miles from their place of birth. It's really amazing to see what, what Paul did. He'd cover 10,000 miles, most by foot. He'd preach in 22 cities, and he would start over 20 churches around the known world. And today, what he would do is he would go into these towns and he would start and he would talk to to people and then he would herald the message. He would say, listen, I have a message for you from the Lord. And he would tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at his message today. And we're going to be looking at it from the book of Ephesians. One of the places that Paul went was to the city of Ephesus. And Ephesus is in modern day Turkey. It was one of the biggest cities in the Roman Empire at the time. And and, uh, it was a port city. So there 
there was lots of culture and there was people coming in and people going out and, and lots of just mixing of beliefs and cultures. It was this thriving, vibrant city. And Paul would go to the city of Ephesus and bring and herald the message that Jesus gave him. And so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, um, starting in verse 1 today. We're just going to look at the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, as it's laid out as we see in Ephesians chapter 2. And what we're going to see, it's a really simple, it's a really simple layout who we were before God, what God did in our lives, and now how do we live? That's really, verses one through 10, that's what it is. It says, who were we before we met God? What did God do for us? And now, how do we live? That's what we're gonna be looking at today in verses one through 10. And the first is, the one through three is we see who we were before we met God. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, followed the, following the course of the air, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our, of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. It says, this is, this is what Paul says, this is, this is all we, all of us were in this spot. Before we met God, all of us were doing the exact same thing. What is that what we were doing? We were doing our own thing, setting up our own kingdom, following anything that we wanted to do with our lives, with our hopes and dreams, as well as anything that we thought to be right or wrong. This is the spiritual condition of us. Like we said, I don't want God. I don't need God. I can do things on my own. This is how all of us live. And the reason is that is, is because we were all born with a bend away from God. The spiritual condition that we have is that we don't want to honor God. We want to do our own things. We don't want to submit to authority. We don't want to anybody to tell us what to do, uh, right? And we, so we said, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live the way that I want to live. And unfortunately, the reason that what happens is, is we, we all turn away from God, and it doesn't go well for us. What always happens is that when we, when we don't submit our lives to Jesus, when we, don't, when we say we want to do things our own way, what happens is we end up chasing things that make us greedy, prideful, arrogant, gossips, lustful. Right, All of us chase after the, the things, the, the impulses in our bodies and in our minds, and so we just chase after those things. And the thing is, is the things that we're chasing are taking us further and further away from God and further and further away from life. And so we carry out sins of all kind, gossip, rage, lust, greed, pride. These works are obvious. And what happens is it kills us inside. Like we're dead spiritually, and will lead to our own demise is when we chase after the things that we are just our impulses and our thirst, all those things, what happens is we walk away from God and we die spiritually. And eventually it will consume us. And it says that we are all like this, sons of disobedience, through our actions and words and thoughts and attitudes and motives. And it says we set ourselves up as enemies of God and his kingdom. You see, what happens is what we're doing is we're setting up our own rival kingdom to God's. Saying, I want to build a kingdom where I get to make the rules and I'm the most important. And everybody's got to bow to me. And what happens is what we're doing is we're setting up our own kingdom. And saying, I don't want the kingdom of God. I don't want God in my life. I want, I want my own thing, my own kingdom. And I set it up as a rival and I declare war on the kingdom of heaven. And it says, because of that, because we have made ourselves enemies to God, 
that we are subject to justice and wrath. And God says, if you want to declare war, then, then we're not friends, we're enemies. And, and, and we've done that ourselves, and that's bad news for us. And just so you know, that's everybody. That's literally everybody sitting here today with an earshot of what I'm saying. That's everybody's spiritual condition before we met God. That's literally every one of us. Every one of us want to go our own way. We want to submit to, to the things of our lusts and our desires, and we set up a rival kingdom, and we declare ourselves enemies to God, and we go to war. That's what every one of us will do, no matter how old you are. That's all of us. We will all do that. And that's bad news because that means we're, we're objects of wrath. We're, we're, we're declaring war against God. That's what we were. That's what we were. And the next part of the message is this, this is not the end of the message, which is great news for us because the message is good news. Verses four through nine says this, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Verse four says, but God, but God. These are two of the most powerful words in all of the Bible and in all of our life, but God. We, 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 we turned our way, we turned our backs on God. We walked away from God. We sinned against God. We set our kingdoms up against God. We've declared ourselves enemies against God, but God, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loves us even when we were dead, made us alive. And so all of us have this story, right? All of us have this idea that I was turning away from God, but God, right? So you can, you can start on anybody's story. I was filled with anger and rage, but God. I was an addict, but God. I was a gossip, but God. I was prideful, but God. The words, but God, contrast what was previously said. I was dead in my trespasses and sins, but God made me alive. He rose us from the dead spiritually. He, he, he did this wonderful thing. He made us alive in Christ. How can God do that? Because he's rich. He is so loaded, guys. He is so rich. He is rich in grace and mercy. He lavished this upon us. He's rich in grace and mercy. He doesn't run out of grace and he doesn't run out of mercy. It's inexhaustible. He is so rich in grace and mercy and he pours it out on us. Even when we're his enemies, even when we want nothing to do with them, even when we say, I'm gonna do things my own way, but God who's rich in grace and mercy lavishes his gifts upon us. Why in the world would he do that? If we've declared ourselves enemies, why would God do that? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Isn't that amazing? It's because he loves us. Not because he can squeeze something out of us, not so, not so that he won't be so lonely. It's because he loves us. 
He's doing this just out of the goodness of who he is. That blows me away. That changed my life. It changed my life when I was walking far from God, wanting nothing to do with God, wanting to do things my own way. But God. And after I had, after I had uh, run that course and after I had woken up and hated who I had become and hated everything about everything that I stood for in that moment and because I was empty and hollow inside, but God being rich in mercy, and because he loved me, poured his mercy out upon me, making us alive together with Christ. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And you're like, well, how can someone just forgive sins? How can someone, like, at what point will they just kind of bring it up again? You know, if you, if you say, hey, we're not going to talk about this, we're going to sweep this under the rug— Sooner or later, we're going to make God mad, and he's going to bring that up over the top. That's, what, that's how many of us think, right? We go, we go, well, when's God going to bring that back up? Never. And the reason why he's never going to bring it up again is because he paid for it. He didn't sweep it under the rug. He didn't just excuse it. He said, I'm going to pay for it. And Jesus came, and God in the flesh came to this earth, lived a life perfectly, died on a cross, and the cross was payment for our sins. So God didn't sweep things under the rug and pretend like we're not going to deal with it. He dealt with it head on, paid for everything in full. That's why we sing Jesus paid it all, just so you know. Like that's, that's why we sang that song, because Jesus paid it all. It's kind of funny how those songs work sometimes, right? Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed me white as snow. His death on the cross paid for our sins in full. And then he rose from the dead to show that not even death itself could hold him down. And he had conquered death. And he had conquered everything that made us dead in our trespasses and sins, he conquered even death itself. And he made us alive together with Christ. And it says, and he's, not only does he save us, he seats us in the heavenly places. Do you realize that, that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you die and you go to heaven, there's a place for you at Jesus' table? At his table. We're going to be eating here in, in, in a little while. And you think about that for a second. Like, if you're sitting at a table and you invite someone to sit with you at the table, what does that mean? It means that you want to spend time with them. And Jesus does that. He seats us at his table. And so today as you're eating lunch, I would, I, would, I would just challenge you all to do this. Invite someone to sit with you today because it communicates something about the good news of Jesus. Invite someone to sit with you today and say, tell me your story. Tell me your story. I remember when I first got to college and I went to a college that not a lot of my friends went to. They went to other places and I didn't know hardly anybody. And I remember for the first week going to the dining center and eating by myself and going to class and sitting by myself, and then going back to my dorm room and kind of hanging out by myself. And I remember just feeling intensely lonely. And then I went to a college ministry uh, called Crew one night, and, and I went there, and it was unbelievable what they did. They invited me to sit with them. And then we went out to eat after, after the night, and they said, hey, why don't you come join us? And so I just showed up, because I drove myself, and I walked in, and all these people were there, and and they just said, hey, come here, come here. Hey, Steve, come here. We've got a spot for you right here. We've got a spot for you right here. Friends, that's what the exact thing that Jesus does for us. 
When we see him face to face, he's like, hey, come here, come here. I got a spot for you. Come sit by me and let's talk. The grace of God isn't just to save our sins, but to lavish more and more favor upon us because he loves us. But God, through Jesus, makes us alive. And how do we get this wonderful gift of life? It's by receiving him in faith. It's by trusting him to say, you know what? I'm no longer gonna, I'm no longer gonna set my kingdom up against yours. I, I surrender. I don't want any more to do with this. I wanna trust you instead. And I'm not gonna try to work my way to heaven to think that there's gonna be enough good works that will, will save me. Instead, I'm, Jesus, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna say that your your death on the cross was enough for me. And I'm going to trust that and I'm going to believe that. It's receiving him by faith, that I put my faith, that I put my trust in Jesus. And it's a gift that we all need to receive and it's a gift that all of us can receive. It's a gift that all of us can receive. That we have the opportunity to put our trust in Jesus no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter any of those things, you can put your trust in Jesus today. And you're like, is the cross big enough to forgive my sins? And the answer is yes. Jesus, infinitely worthy, fully God, goes to the cross in our place, forgives all of our sins by his payment because he's infinitely worthy. And you're like, that's great news. Yes, it is. That's what, that's what Paul, that's, that's what he did. He just went around the world and he just said, hey, listen, here's the great news about Jesus. We're all dead, but Jesus makes us alive. That's great news for every single one of us. And you're like, okay, so we have this beautiful inheritance. We have this beautiful picture for us, right? And in, in, the, in the future, like when I get to be with Jesus face to face, that's gonna be incredible. That's gonna be amazing. But what do I do now? Like, what do I do with the rest of my life? What do I do between now and eternity? What does that look like for me? And Paul says in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. First off, something really cool. The word workmanship there means masterpiece, which I just think is amazing. For we are his masterpiece, Created in Christ Jesus for good works. What did God do for us? He prepares for us every single day good work. Meaningful work. Purposeful work. Things that you get to do to step into the purposes of God. And when we do those things, we get to become more like Jesus. So when we step into the purposes of God, we become more joyful, more generous, more kind, more patient. And God has something for you today. Before you lay your head down at night, in Christ Jesus, God has something for you today. A good work. Something where you get to bless another person. Become more like him. Exercise patience. Forgive an enemy. Share the good news. There's plenty of good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we do good works not because, not, not to get salvation. We don't, we don't do good works so that God will save us. We do good works because God saved us. We just get to now. I think that's amazing that we can just be free of condemnation. We can rest at ease knowing that our soul is secure and that we're alive in Christ. And now we just get to live. And God, every once in a while, every, every day, will we'll come up with opportunities specifically for you that you should walk in them. The people that you know that you can bless. 
the neighbors that you have, the classmates that you have, the roommates that you have, the family that you have. You, you have these, the, the, the job that you have. We have these beautiful opportunities to reflect the goodness of God. And that's what we get to do until we get to go home to Jesus. I think that's a great life. That's an amazing life. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Jesus made us alive in Christ. And now we just get to walk that out and be a blessing to other people. Let's just do that till we, till we go see Jesus face to face. That's my goal. Is let's just go do that. You know, we want to see people encounter God and we make an impact in the world. How do we make an impact in the world? By sharing the good news of Jesus, by loving them as Jesus did. By serving others as Jesus served them. Not so that we can earn favor, but because we already have favor. More than you can possibly imagine. So one of the things, why do we go out in the park and have church service? One, because it's a nice day. Man, is it a nice day. Holy smokes, we've had much colder days than this when we did, and windier days. But it's also so that people could hear the message of Jesus, either walking down the bike path today, or through people that got invited to be here. And we get to take this message wherever we go. That's what Paul did, and he changed the world. And that's what we get to do, and we get to change our part of the world by doing the things that God has called us to do. We were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive in Christ through faith. And now we get to walk out the purposes of God because he's prepared things for us. In a moment here, we're gonna, we're gonna see baptisms, which is always fun for me. We get to, we're, what we're gonna see is we're gonna see these guys get up. They're gonna share their message of how, what God did in their life. And then they're gonna get baptized today. And, and, and we're going to talk about what baptism is and what does that look like and, and the, the significance of it. But it's a celebration of what God is doing in the lives of the people that gather here week after week. And you're more than welcome to become and be a part of this. Because we'd love to have you be a part of this. We work together to see people encounter God and impact the world. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were alive in Christ through faith. And now we get to work, walk out the purposes of God, which he prepared for us. Let's pray.